podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Hope you all had a very nice Christmas break. Tonight, folks, we get to have our Christmas feast. It should have been Leeds on Boxing Day without Liam Cooper, Calvin Phillips, Patrick Bamford, Rodrigo, Pascal Struyck, Jamie Shackleton, Dan James, Diego Loriente, and Charlie Cresswell. They should have become victims, but they cried off. Allegedly, COVID in the camp seems a bit convenient after a 7-0 win and a 4-1, sorry, 7-0 defeat and a 4-1 defeat. But such is life. We move on. Tonight, we have Leicester. No Ricardo Pereira. He has a broken leg. Tyler Morton, you, you might want to send him a Christmas card. No Johnny Evans, no Kagler Seonshu, no Wes Fafana, no Patson Daka, no Dan, uh, James Justin, no Harvey Barnes, no Ryan Bertrand, no Danny Ward. Leicester, the bare bones of a squad coming to get mauled mold by a marauding team of Reds. Obviously, the game's at the King Power. We've been there before and given them a spanking. We think back to the title-winning season and what we were able to do to them on that night. You would hope that something similar, or perhaps even more impressive, will happen tonight. Nat Phillips is out. He wouldn't have played anyway. Andy Robertson is suspended. Second game of his three-match ban. Adrian is out. A calf injury, allegedly. I assume it's just because he's not good enough. And then Harvey Elliott is out, obviously, and we, we know that Harvey won't be back for a little while, so we don't really count him. So Andy Robertson's the only one who likely would have been starting in this game, so we'll be very close to full strength. Costas will come in at left back. You could argue Costas is having a better season than Robbo anyway, so maybe we don't lose much there. Trent at right back, he's been sensational all season. Virgil, week after week, looking more and more like pre-injury Virgil. Now, whether he starts or not, having overcome COVID, we'll wait and see. We do have three rather good options there otherwise. Joe Gomez, Joel Matip, Ibrahima Kanate. Any one of them, any two of them will be fine. Alisson will be in goal. Question marks, I suppose, over the midfield. Fabinho just back from COVID. Does he get started straight away? Hopefully. Hopefully he's okay to go. And then the two number eight positions. If it's been picked on merit, Naby and Thiago has to be the pair. Now, Thiago is just back after having COVID himself, and he was back a little bit later than the others. So possible he won't start. So it could well be Henderson and Naby as the two. Curtis Jones is back, so that's a boost as well. Up front, Klopp has a, a full array of options. You'd expect that Mo will start. You'd expect that Sadio starts. So then it's just a matter of does Klopp go with Bobby or does he go with Jota? Does he go with Divock for the fun of it? Divock is back after his own bout of illness. It wasn't COVID that he had. It was something else, some sort of stomach virus. But all things considered, we should be going into this game very, very confident. You look at the league table, Leicester are 10th. 
They've played one game since December 12th. Their games against Tottenham and Everton were called off because they had a COVID outbreak. Man City beat them 6-3 on Boxing Day. City were four up and absolutely cruising in the first half. Leicester came back into the se- in, into it in the second half and exposed Ruben Diaz for the fraud that he is, scoring three goals in five, in ten minutes and missing two big, big chances. Old Brighton and Ianacho missed great chances. And then City just turned it on again. Laporte, Sterling, wrapping it up for them, giving them the 6-3 victory. You look at Leicester across the season, they've scored 30 goals, which is pretty impressive. They've conceded 33, which is atrocious. That's absolutely shocking for a team allegedly with top four ambition. The only teams to have conceded more goals, Leeds awful defensively, Newcastle worst defence in the league, and Norwich nailed to the bottom of the table. That is absolutely appalling. I know they've had injuries. There's no excuse for that. None at all. When you consider that you can add up any two of the top three and they'll have conceded less goals than Leicester. That's that's really, really bad. Really, really bad. Um, we should be confident. We should be confident. We should win this game. They came with a stronger team in the League Cup than they will have for this one. Now, Rodgers did le- did leave Ndidi and Sumare on the bench and Castanier for the City game, almost as if he was resting them to play us. Um, we beat them in the Cup when they had a much stronger team out than we did. They were 3-1 up and they still couldn't put us to bed. There's no doubt in my mind we should win this game tonight and we should win it comfortably. We'll move around the main Liverpool sites then and this is Anfield have their 10 key things to know ahead of Leicester versus Liverpool. Uh, Leicester's continued struggles. Madison, a man in form. James Madison is playing quite well at the minute. Uh, They've got a possible Leicester 11. Uh, Kasper Schmeichel, Daly Campbell, Amarty, Vestergaard and Castanier. Please play that defence, Brendan. Please play that defence. Uh, and Didi Thielemans and Sumare in midfield. Perez, Ianacho, and Vardy up front. Um, not sure it'll be that easy, but it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, who's out for Liverpool? Obviously, we know who is out. The predicted starting lineups they've got Allison, Trent, Joel, Virgil, Costas, Fabinho, Henderson, Naby. Mo, Mane and Jota as their predicted, one of their predicted 11s, I should say. Uh, Klopp has called for five subs. And this is an interesting thing. So Klopp has come out and said, it's only fair to have five subs. Everyone else is doing it. All around Europe, it's commonplace now in cup competitions and in European competitions. So we should be doing it. He said it's, you know, maybe easier for a club like Burnley because they don't have as many international players. So when there's an international player, an international break, their players can rest. Some people took that 
as ba- basically it being Jurgen Klopp's fault that Burnley don't have the same calibre of players as Liverpool. Some players said that Klopp should call for salary caps and all kinds of stuff. Now, let's look at that. If there's a salary cap, there has to be a salary floor, which means you'll have to spend to a certain amount. That salary floor is probably about 50% higher than what the clubs like Burnley or Norwich or whoever else, Watford, are paying at the moment in wages. So those clubs would immediately be screwed because they couldn't afford to to pay to the salary floor. The salary cap, the high end is going to be more fitting to the big six than it is the bottom six. That's just how it's going to be. Because they'll work it out based on the average across the league. And unfortunately for those teams at the bottom, the teams at the top have driven wages so high that it's going to be very, very high. And the cap could be four times what Burnley currently pay. But it's not Jurgen Klopp's fault that Burnley don't have rich owners or don't have owners who are willing to put money in. That's not his fault at all. It's not his fault that Liverpool have better players. It's not his fault that other managers, not Sean Dyche, but others around the league, have done a poor job at buying players, developing players, etc., etc. It's not his fault that certain clubs are just badly run. These are not things that are Jurgen Klopp's fault. Jurgen Klopp was making a point that, yes, Liverpool and City have better subs than available than Southampton or Burnley, but they also have players that play a lot more games. You factor in internationals and European competition, that's 20 extra games a season. And it's not a thing where Liverpool and City just coast through a league season or a Champions League season. They're aiming to win those competitions. There's no expectation on Burnley or Southampton or two-thirds, three-quarters of the league to actually win anything. There's only really expectation on a handful of teams. Like, no one expects Spurs to win the league or to win the Champions League. So while they while they might want to be in the Champions League, they're not pushing for first every year. The way Liverpool are, the way City are, the way Chelsea are. United probably believe that they should be winning these things, but that's just delusion more than anything else. Arsenal, nobody believes they should be winning those competitions. Now, internally, they might feel that they should be competing for them. But that's the big six. You know, the big six are the teams that have expectations internally and externally. Again, no one expects Leicester to win the the Premier League again or to win the Champions League. Now, they could do it winning a Europa League. But Brendan, obviously, has embarrassed himself in Europe again this year. No one expects West Ham to win anything. No one expects Wolves to win anything. Maybe the Cups, but I mean, the Cups are the Cups. There's expectation and demand on Klopp, on Pep, on Tuchel, and whoever's unfortunate enough to manage United and Arsenal at the minute, um, to go and win major, major honours. If they don't, they'll be removed. 
Lampard got top four, got to a cup final, and the following season, when it became clear he wasn't going to win anything, they binned him off. They brought in Thomas Tuchel. He won a Champions League. If Thomas Tuchel fails to win anything this season, then next season he will begin the year with his job on the line. That's the nature of working at one of these clubs. Whereas at Southampton and Burnley and Norwich and Newcastle and Watford, Leeds, staying in the division is what matters. That's that's what their aim is, stay in the division. And it's fine. It's absolutely fine. But it's much easier to stay in the division than it is to win the thing. You know? 17 teams stay in the division every year. Only one wins it. Again, it's not Jurgen Klopp's fault that he has assembled a better squad than somebody else. It just isn't his fault. Speaking of things that aren't his fault, going a little bit off topic here, Ricardo Pereira's leg was broken in the challenge by Tyler Morton in the League Cup game. I have said, and everybody that I've spoken to, everybody I've heard speak about this said, that should have been a red card. If there had been VAR, that's a red card. I think we'll all agree that that was the case. It's a really bad challenge. Now, I will say two things. Number one, Ricardo Pereira played 32 minutes after that injury before he was taken off. 32 minutes. Brendan Rodgers and that medical staff left him on the pitch. So somebody's got questions to answer there because while he may have been able to move about, he clearly looked, didn't look right. He was clearly in a lot of pain and they left him out there. Secondly, the usual morons want to claim that there's a double standard here with Klopp, that he was aggressive in his denouncement of Harry Kane's challenge, but yet hasn't said a word about the Tyler Morton challenge. So, first and foremost, he hasn't been asked about the Tyler Morton challenge. He hasn't been asked about it at all. So, what do you expect? Do you really expect him to just come out when he's asked about something else and say, hang on a sec, what I really want to talk about here is Tyler Morton's tackle on Ricardo Pereira. I want to I want to dress down my player in public. No one's ever going to do that. Jurgen Klopp is Liverpool's manager. Okay, He is the manager of Liverpool Football Club which means his responsibility is to look after the players of Liverpool Football Club, which is why he spoke out against Kane, who tried to injure Andy Robertson. And it's why he said nothing about Tyler Morton, because he's trying to protect him from a backlash. But let's remember, he did say Andy Robertson should have been sent off. He did say that. He didn't defend him. Show me the manager, any manager, who has come out and slated their own player for a tackle that didn't result in a red card and said, yeah, they should have been sent off there. Show me the manager who's done that. Just one guy. Show me Conte's comments 
on Harry Kane and his foul against Andy Robertson. Show me Carlo Ancelotti's comments on Pickford and Richarlison for the disgraceful behaviour in the derby last year. No, well, actually, what Carlo did was he came out and he claimed James Rodriguez picked up an injury in the fifth minute and then continued to play the rest of the game. United fans were all over this, delighted with themselves, trying to distract from the fact that the team is terrible by slating Klopp and calling him a hypocrite. Let's rewind a little bit. Manchester United away to Swansea. 2012, Ashley Williams kicks a ball at Robin Van Persie. Ferguson, after the game, said he could have been killed. He said Robin Van Persie could have been killed. Go 10 years before that, Roy Keane, by his own admission, purposely sets out to hurt Alf Inge Halland. Did Ferguson condemn Roy Keane? No. No, no, not at all. He blamed Haaland and said that Haaland had been winding him up. People in glass houses really shouldn't throw stones. There has never been a bigger hypocrite in English football than Alex Ferguson. And Jurgen Klopp hasn't been hypocritical at all. Not even a little bit. He just hasn't been asked the question. So for the media Muppets who want to bring this up, have some testicular fortitude. Ask him the question. He'll give you an answer. It's up to you whether you like it or not. Uh, Liverpool have a hit and miss record at Leicester. Obviously, we lost there last season, but we did whoop them the previous season. Uh, we've won three of our last five and lost two at the King Power. Uh, Costa Simicus is set to start on Tuesday. And one eye-catching statistic concerning the Greek bodes well going into the game. He started four league games this season. Not only have Liverpool won every one of them, they haven't conceded a single goal as yet. That is beautiful. Wins over Norwich, Burnley, Crystal Palace and Arsenal. Outstanding. Michael Oliver is in charge. If you don't know Michael Oliver, watch Red Dwarf. You'll see Rimmer. It's basically Michael Oliver. Um... And the game will be on Amazon Prime. Henry Jackson will keep you company with the This Is Anfield live blog. So if you can't watch the game or you just don't want to watch it with the commentary, uh, do check that one out. I have a statistic, actually, courtesy of young Henry Jackson. Liverpool have won 71.1% of their games when Virgil van Dijk has played. 71.1% of the games that Virgil has played in, that's 149 games, He's Liverpool have won 106 of them. In the 65 games he has missed since joining, Liverpool have only won 56.9% of them. Now, 56.9% win percentage would be amazing for most of the league, but we operate at a different standard. Um, 71.1% of the games that he plays in, that is amazing. Virgil van Dijk signed for Liverpool four years ago. We still haven't lost a league game at Anfield when he's played. That's mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. 
crazy. Right. Um, we'll move on. A uh, couple more projected lineups for tonight. Uh, let's see what we've got. So, Allison, Trent, Joel, Virgil, Costas. That's the one I read earlier, I think. And here's an alternative. Uh, Allison, Trent, Joel, Kanate. This is if none of the COVID lads play. Costas, Ox, Henderson, and Naby in midfield. Salah, Jota, and Mane. Um, definitely feel like we want Fabinho in that midfield. Definitely feel like he will be rather important tonight, especially if the likes of Sumare and Ndidi play. Uh, on to Liverpool.com. And they've got a projected lineup out as well. Um, it's the same one with the Fab Henderson Naby midfield. Um, James Martin has gone Fab Henderson Thiago. Ben Boxick has gone Fab Henderson Naby. So none of them seem to pick their teams based on merit, is what we're learning. Uh, Jurgen Klopp should know first name on Liverpool team sheet as Reds can ensure Leicester repeat. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's goal-scoring display against Leicester shows he's ready to play more and repeat performance could be the catalyst to recapture his goal-scoring form. Ox played very, very well um, against Leicester in the Cup. There's no doubt about that. So I think he, he would warrant a start tonight if Klopp will Gave him the nod. Uh, Luis Suarez can give Liverpool transfer edge for Real Madrid man, but 76 million claim doesn't add up. The player is Federico Valverde. Uh, the outlet is El Nacional, so we'll move on from that utter tripe. Um, Jurgen Klopp can target transfer for one of £130 million trio as next step in evolution. Interesting. Who is the £130 million trio? Okay, Federico Chiesa. I would very much be in favour of getting him. Anthony, he's not ready to start for a team like us. Usman Dembele, you lost me. Sorry, Usman Dembele is never going to be an option for us ever again. Uh, Liverpool can solve Fabinho issue with bargain transfer of interesting star Jurgen Klopp loves. Sander Berger. Uh, reportedly available for transfer in the January window, and Liverpool should revive their interest. I would be in favour of this. If you can get him at a good price, absolutely. Absolutely. 23 years of age, great ball winner, excellent presser, good on the ball. If he didn't get injured last season, uh, Sheffield United might have had a chance to stay up. When he got hurt, they fell to complete pieces. They weren't great before he got hurt, man. It must be said they had been losing a lot. But Sanderberger would be a very, very interesting, um, a very, very interesting addition to Liverpool. Let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Liverpool 42 million transfer chase takes major twist as Jurgen Klopp gets quadruple boost. 
Uh, Liverpool may have to compete with Chelsea, allegedly, for Rafinha. Um, won't worry too much about them. Anyone that's watched them play will realise quickly that Rafinha isn't going to solve their problems. Um, West Ham entangled in Klopp's transfer plans. Uh, some drivel about Jared Bowen. Uh, David Moyes wants to sign Lloyd Kelly. That one would make sense. And allegedly they have an interest in the, in the Divock fella. Gary Neville has withdrawn a claim about Liverpool from the start of the season, retracting his assertion that they would finish below Manchester United. Um, yeah, I mean, poor Gary. Poor Gary. If you, if you see Gary Neville in the street, give him a hug because um, it, it's a tough time for Gary. Uh, Liverpool can net transfer windfall from FSG move, but too late to undo Jurgen Klopp transfer mistake. Um, so this is about Luis Alberto. It wasn't a mistake to sell him. He He's a tremendous player. He's been incredible for Lazio. He just would not have fit into how Jurgen wants us to play or how he did at the time. Now you could look at it and say, well, you know, he's become a player similar enough to Thiago uh, stylistically that maybe he could have been the answer there. But that's not how we were playing at the time. Um, Liverpool apparently in the chase for Rayan Aitnuri. I would assume that would be on the basis of Costas leaving in the summer. Liverpool's perfect January transfer window would leave Jurgen Klopp with a title-winning squad. Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp can get in prime shape for a title push with just three signings and two departures in the January window. Okay. Um, I'm curious as to what... So he wants... This this guy wants us to sign Serginho Dest as a backup right back. Wouldn't be against it. He's a talented player and he's definitely on the outs at Barcelona. Um... Aurelien Chiumeni would definitely be a great fit. We mentioned him as a... Actually, we picked him as a signing on the uh, Anfield Index Pro Transfer Committee podcast. And Usman Dembele. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, You were doing so well. You were doing so well. Who wrote that? James Martin was doing really well, and then he butchered it with Usman Dembele. Liverpool must use transfer relationship to get 19 million forward. Oh, dear. This is a suggestion that we sign Ben Brereton. No, no. Absolutely not. Liverpool can sign the next Thiago Alcantara, who has made Mikel Arteta really happy. So this is about Charlie Patino, the youngster at Arsenal. He is a sensational talent. There is little to no chance that he will be leaving Arsenal anytime soon. He is sensational. But he's a big, big part of Arsenal's future. Um, on to AnfieldIndex.com, where we have an article entitled Liverpool's Boxing Day Massacre, written by the one and the only Mr. Stephen Smith. This is about Liverpool 4, Leicester 0 from a couple of years ago. Do check that one out. Podcast-wise, the Transfer Committee pod is out. If you haven't heard it, give that a listen. 
There's a Scouts of Tommies that came out just before Christmas. And, of course, there is a Scouted. There is no me on the Scouted. It is Guy, it is Carl, so do check that out. Um, I got my dates all confused and mixed up, so I am not on that one. But Guy ably stepped in, and that one is done and out now. So thank you for that. And uh, enjoy the game tonight. I will see you all Thursday. There will be no Daily Red tomorrow. But Thursday, I will be back and hopefully back to laugh at Brendan Rogers. See you then. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.